Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to those people who are listening to us. We are live on the Dunnerstown Town Postmatch podcast. It's me, Suburban Guna Chris, uh, feeling, if you might be able to already tell, a little bit deflated after our 1-0 defeat uh, at the hands of Manchester City, who are romping the league at the moment. Um, thank you if you are joining us live straight after the show. It's always good to have people join us and talk to us. Uh, as always, if you want to give us a shout out uh, with your thoughts, that would be uh, fantastic. Um, but we're here to talk about uh, what was, I'm really struggling to work out whether or not I'm really disappointed or just kind of resigned or, or I've got mixed emotions today. And sharing me in the mixed emotions on the podcast is Paul, who is at Invincible. Hello, Paolo. Hello, how's it, Chris? Hi, James. And yes, you've introduced the second one, the second guest, which is James, who's Cookie. Um, James, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, very well, mate. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Let's get the uh, initial proceedings out of the way. I am drinking a soul to drown my troubles after the defeat. Paul, your bathtub full of? It's a goldfish um, bowl full of gin. It's a fantastic gin. Um, it's called Bar Hill, and it's from Vermont, and it's made with honey, like some kind of honey thing, and it's even got, like, wax like a wax seal. Um, they didn't pay me to put this uh, placement in, but it's a really good gin. If you live in the States, you should try and get it. Bar Hill Gin, yeah. Gin recommendations there from uh, from Invinciblog. Um, Cookie, what are you drinking? I, I've unfortunately got nothing. I've completely forgotten about it, I'll be honest with you. However, I, can, I think I can make up for that. So my girlfriend recently got me this. It's a massive jar of multicolored sweets. Um, That's probably right. Go for the sugar high. The gummy town. <laughs> Just go exactly. for the sugar no, high, mate. Go for the sugar high because, quite frankly, Cookie, I'll start with you. I'm not feeling very high uh, at the moment on on uh, my Arsenal life. Um, I feel really flat after that. Is that just because I see that as a, a bit of a wasted opportunity, that second half? Or is it just because Man City didn't really need to get out of first gear? I think it's a bit of both, really. Um, obviously, the way the game started, I thought this was going to be four five six seven like nine nil mm. potentially the way they started just wave off the wave off the wave but i think the reality is they got this done literally within two minutes and then realized we're not a threat at all um sat back and just made it very very easy for themselves um we had a few half chances we had that kieran tierney shot on goals i had a chance apart from that, i can't think of anything we created particularly of note pepe was hardly involved in the game Odegaard really struggled to get into the game as well. It's um, I, I, I agree with you. It was a real wasted opportunity, for, especially when you look at players that we took out of the side. You know, we replaced Sabayas with Elneny. Felt like we were surrendering a little bit right at the beginning. Not that I thought Elneny was poor. Thing when you're looking to create, which is something we needed to do, especially in the second half of this game. So, yeah, I completely agree. Um, waste opportunity, but credit to City. I mean... They are very, very, very good, um, particularly defensively this season. In the past, we've spoken so much about how good they are going forward. They're not only very good at that this season, but the defensive side of the game is unreal. The fact they've got Diaz, Laporte, not even in, in the team tonight. And then they've got someone like John Jones, who's really coming to his own this season. I mean, um, yeah, they're, they're a phenomenal defensive side as well. Yeah, it was chalk and cheese, wasn't it, really? When you looked at the City bench and the options that they've got, and then before the game, you've got Mikel Arteta saying uh, when he was asked about the rotation, because he did obviously rotate. He just said, 
I don't really have much choice. I've got some players that couldn't even properly train. So, Paul, in terms of the lineup, like I tweeted beforehand saying hashtag Rotationsville, um, were you happy with that lineup? Was there anything that surprised you? Or and the, and and then let's talk through the actual way the game started. Um, as far as the lineup goes, I was surprised um, a little bit. I, I think it seemed like Arteta had immediately kind of put us on the back foot a little bit with with El Nani. Um, I, I, I'm always worried when, when Pepe starts because, you know, he's just, you know, you just never know what you're going to get with him. And in and, and, and big games like this, um, I, you know, I just was worried that he wasn't going to, you know, um, to deliver. Um, and he actually wasn't that bad. So in retrospect, though, like James mentioned El Nini um, earlier, and, you know, he didn't let us down at all. I just think... Um, yeah, with a start like that, I think the you know everything kind of went out out the window because I think we had a really good game plan. Um, I I I think we grew into the game. Not um, I think we grew into the game because Arteta had had figured out how to nullify um, Gundogan and De Bruyne. I think that the man marking um, and 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 you know like the, that man on man player marking really was effective, and I think that's why we managed to contain them because I don't think they could really. Use their creative, um, um, you know, choices up front. Did we contain their defense them? Though? Was too good for our creative choice. I felt. Paul, did we contain them though? Because like in that first ten minutes, they probably should have had a few. And do you know what my problem was when I was watching us for the first twenty-five minutes? I saw essentially a complete static line of red shirts. And so what was happening was City players were dropping deeper and then making those forward runs and then just getting in behind time and time again. So I'm not sure whether we did contain them. I just think we were a little bit fortunate, not you know, that we managed to keep it to um just to the one goal, if I'm honest. But just just quickly touch on that and then we'll uh, we'll move on to the goal itself with uh, with Cookie in a second. Sorry, I can't hear any of that. Can you hear that, James? Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah, maybe you want to answer then, mate. <laughs> so basically, I'm I've just got saying... Like, I've got like R2-D2 going on here, and I can't... I have no idea what's going on. Apologies. Cookie, uh, Cookie, we'll, we'll go to you then. So did you do you think we contained them? And I was talking about that flat line of Arsenal defenders, which, which were really, really static. Uh, and then talk me through the goal and your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm in agreement with you. Mate. I don't think we particularly contained them. You just saw the amount of times they, they cut through us um, and with a bit of better finishing, then yeah, they could definitely have scored. But I think also, um, you've got to give us a bit of credit. I did think we defended well to point. It was a bit last ditch at times. And um, I think with the goal, it was just so poor. I mean, that, I think that's the one downside of bringing in Holding and Mari compared to Louise and Gabriel who also started against Benfica is, you know, even though they're good options and they did so well for us when we went through that good um, patch where we beat the likes of Brighton, Newcastle, West Brom, they've come in today and you could just tell like that both of them haven't played for a little bit. Um, yeah. That was evident in the first instance. And I actually thought Rob Holding after that had a very good game. Um, the way he played out. Second half. Was really good. Yeah, I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah, I thought he was really, really good. It's just... On that, I mean, you can't get beaten in the air by Raheem Sterling, who's literally half the size of you. And it's not just yeah. them two. Um, I thought Bellerin could have done a lot better on it as well. Just uh, he didn't seem to be holding a shout, let him know that Sterling was behind him. I thought Bellerin's all-round game was pretty subpar, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But defensively, yeah, those opening 10, 10 minutes, um, we definitely could have done a bit better. And that's 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 the one thing, as I say, we've taken out Luis and Gabriel and replacing the two guys that haven't played in a little bit. But what I will say is it's quite refreshing to actually have 
a players like Holding and Mari come into the sides and you don't lose too much of a defensive stability. Obviously, that goes out the window in the first minute, but um, it's, it's nice to have better options in reserve, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think they've been... He's been better, and I'd agree with you. The second half, Holding, I thought, was better, but I thought he was poor in the first half. I thought, for the goal... You know, he didn't really know where Sterling was. You know, he really got, with a player like that, you need to know that sort of stuff. Again, I'm with you. I thought Bellerin also could have given him a shout. He could have made two steps infield and he's covering that sort of space. But also Sky made a hell of a lot about, they repeatedly went on and on and on about Sterling's jump. I've watched it a few times and I'm like, yeah, it's not like exactly like a Ronaldo-esque leaping like a salmon. So he's like 10 foot off the air. He jumps, but his feet are just kind of, fall back, like uh, sort of retract backwards to make it look like he's jumped higher than he actually is. You know, Sterling is five foot seven and Rob Holding is six foot two. That's six inches. And um, Sterling probably leapt to about six foot two, six foot three. Rob Holding needs to be getting on that. So he's culpable for that goal. And then we were just shell-shocked. I thought Holding was shell-shocked for at least about 10, 15 minutes after that. He made a couple of dodgy passes. Um, not just him, though. You know, there was one pass with Bellerin where he's basically just kicked the ball out of play. And that was one of the things that really frustrated me about um, the game today because I thought that um, I thought that we were poor in the final third and our passing range was really annoying. Like I've written down the amount of times that we miscontrolled or mishit passes or underhit passes just drove me mad. And in the final third, it just I never ever was convinced that we were going to ever trouble them in the final third. Were you? Yeah, I mean it's the exact same against um, Benfica, really, isn't it? Uh, get all, into all those good positions but then when it comes to actually putting the ball in the right place it just doesn't doesn't work out for us I thought Saka got himself into some really really good spots but then when it came to actually playing that final ball he, he let himself down a little bit um as you say I think with a with a slightly better ball in the end we'd maybe have scored in this game but yeah all round I mean we didn't look like troubling them at all I think defensively they're so so stable so comfortable and when they realized that we didn't really have enough to penetrate them with um then they kind of accepted it for what it was and, and just let us do our thing, really, which made it quite comfortable for them and a very dull game in the second half in particular. But um, I think that's what happens if you take, you know, Sabayos out, if you don't play Smith-Rowe, you, you're obviously going to lose that bit of creativity. Um, in fact, quite a lot of creativity and, and you're not going to get a goal when you've got, you know, El Nene in, in the midfield. I'm just I'm just being realistic there. I know he's, he's good at some things, but... Getting no, he's you not. back into a game, he is not. No, okay. no you said it on me. I'm not, I'm not being held culpable for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so my view on the on anything is like he, it just depresses me when he's on the pitch because it's sideways or backwards. Like he can even see ten yard passes forward that he just doesn't make, and that drives me mad. I mean, I, don't, I, I, I see him starting, and I think to myself, immediately it's like we're down to ten men. It's it's really just depressing hearing that Mo Onelli is in the team. And I did wonder how Xhaka's game would be affected um, after after we found out that Elneny was partnering him because Xhaka and Elneny has been a horrible uh, collective, hasn't it? But um, I actually thought Xhaka was one of the better players today. What do you think? Yeah, I thought I thought Xhaka was good. And I just... just... Don't want to keep going back to Onani. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's a particularly good player. I just think if you're in a situation where, you know, you've got 10, 15 minutes to go, you're holding up for a 1-0 lead and you just want someone to run around, cause a bit of havoc, fine. He is absolutely fine for that. But if you're looking for someone to start a game, 
be progressive, um, especially if you want to dominate the ball, which we did in spells. Today. That's the frustrating thing. We did have good spells of possession, but we did absolutely nothing with. Um, and I think Jacka with Tobias and with Smith Rowe around him, we would have seen a lot more opportunities. And just general, if he'd had more runners around him, I don't. I think that's something we really lacked today as well. We were so static in the midfield, and um, in terms of passing it out from the back, sometimes it worked, sometimes it was just very side to side, very backwards and forwards without getting anywhere really progressively. Uh, for, as I say, Erdegaard struggled to get into this game quite a bit. Um, but Jacker was, yeah, the one shining light, which I think is a is a good thing considering he was quite poor against Benfica. Um, I don't want to be too harsh on him because he has been, I think, probably our best player since the turn of the year. But um, he was pretty, uh, pretty below his standards in midweek. Yeah. And I hope that tonight's game will get him certainly back to where he needs to be for that game on a Thursday night, which is now you know so, so, so important after we've lost this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we had any real chance of competing for the Europe, uh, maybe the European spots, but certainly not the Champions League spots this season. I know we're not that far. Well, we're 11 points, I think, off of West Ham, which is mental and bizarre in itself when you think about it. But to me, this game was a free hit. I think you had said it um, beforehand, hadn't you? Like, I don't think there was many Arsenal fans that thought that we would win it. But it's just when these games, I guess... It's gameplay state isn't it when it then plays itself out and you see the match unfold as it does you know the first 10 minutes we're all thinking oh god this is going to be horrible you know that period about 10 minutes before half time and in the second half it felt like we were just a bit within ourselves we were a bit passive it's like we knew how good city were and they could hit us on the break and so we seem to slow th- slow things down is that just me like do you notice that sometimes when we certain game states, we seem to slow down in terms of the urgency when you would have thought, like even with five minutes to go, I was expecting us to be a bit quicker in our passing, but we were so passive and 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 quiet, like visually quiet on the pitch. It was just uh, slow movement. It was maybe it's players that are tired. Maybe that was an element of it. What do you reckon? I think maybe it's a... Um... It slightly is, is a mentality thing in that sense. I think that's been a problem for a little while where we come up against teams like Manchester City who are so in form, one practically every game this year. I think they have won every single game this year. What was that, their 18th in a row? Um, yeah. And we just feel inferior to them, which we shouldn't do because we know how we can play. I mean, we can play really, really, really well when we've got the ball, but it's just we are a little bit passive. We're a little bit negative and we just subside to defeat in these uh, in these types of games sometimes. It's a horrible thing to say, but it just does kind of feel like that sometimes. And I, I do feel like it was, it was a free hit today in the sense that everyone expected us to lose. But when, like you say, you see the game unfold and you see we're going to have good spells of possession, without a shadow of a doubt, we had an opportunity today and we we failed to take it. So it's, it's very frustrating from that point of view. But... I still think we're going in the right direction. I think a couple, last season, maybe under Emery, would have lost this game considerably by a margin. Um, but yeah. I still think that there's mentally there's still a shift that needs to be um, forced through a little bit more. Yeah, I do too. And and also, one of the things that I thought before this game, if you think about everything that was working against us in terms of just how just our, our current situation. So you've got a Man City team who are basically beating every single person are probably the best team in Europe, maybe the world right now with the form that they're playing. So they're in form. Our form is patchy. 
they they went to Everton on Wednesday as their league game. Um, and so what Liverpool and Liverpool and Manchester is, you know, a hop across on the, uh, I can't remember which motorway it is, but it's not a long journey to get to, from Liverpool to Everton. We went to Rome on the next day. You know, we had players like Saka, Aubameyang. Um, we've got most of our better players, the players that played today that then also played on Thursday. You know, they're knackered. Some of them were absolutely knackered, I would imagine. Um, you know, they got they probably would have got back on Friday morning, early hours of Friday morning. You they probably Friday, got Friday off. Yeah. So, so exactly. You've got Friday and then Saturday. They've probably got a bit of training that they do, but you've, you've done a bit of traveling, blah, 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 blah. And then you've got a game now. So it was kind of, I felt like that was weighted against us. It was the form of City. It's the situation that we're in. And we're, we're still missing key players. You know, Kieran Tierney's still coming back. Paul, can, are you with us? Are you, are you, are you I good? am. Sorry. I, third world um, issues here. Yeah, the Wi-Fi just... <laughs> right. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're just talking. I'm, I'm talking about mitigating circumstances for today's, you know, the form, the... Um, the fact that we've done a bit of traveling, the fact that we played Thursday um, instead of Sunday. So you've got a team like City who are going to control possession and you've got a team like us who aren't going to be able to control possession. Plus, we're missing players like Party. We've got in, we've got players like T Kieran Tierney who looked like he was knackered towards the end. Um, I think there were, I think there was mitigating circumstances, as I say, you know, and I was happy to just, as, as uh, Cookie said, I was happy to almost chalk this one down as a free hit. But it still felt like um, we had opportunities to at least lay a glove on City, and we didn't really do that. Paul, sorry. Yeah. Any general yeah, thoughts absolutely. on that? Um, you know, you probably covered it a little bit, but, um, you know, there was there was just a... Um, there seemed to be an edginess, a little bit of a sloppiness where, you know, where, um, where it really counted against us. I think his internet's um, gone again, or mine has. You can't hear me? I can hear you fine, Paul. Okay. <laughs> How about you in the internet land out there? Um, yeah, so I felt like we had some, you know, some sloppiness in the final third. I felt, um, you know, we we tended to play back. We we, we took a lot of um, like low risk um, options tonight. We passed back a lot, especially Hector Bayerin. I felt like he didn't have a very good game at all. I felt um, he was a bit loose. Um, you know, um, a lot of our attacks seemed to end. At you know, with him, um, so yeah, it was disappointing because I think you know we had a chance to maybe get a draw at least out of that game. I mean, going into it, I thought we were probably going to lose. Um, I I didn't want us to lose, and um, you know that's not because I wanted you know it wasn't supporting us to win, but I just felt like the way City are playing, the way we're playing, you know that they're they're in fine form, and I thought that they might um they might you know do us. A number today so i was kind of happy that it was one nil and i thought it could have been a draw i think um, we had some options had some you know unlucky like saka slipping just little things that you know there were we had chances and we didn't take them and in games like that you have to take them um what do you think James? i think we've lost, Did, uh, I think we've lost chris oh god everyone's lost today <laughs> um have you guys spoken about um performances and stuff did you feel anyone was um, anyone was particularly good or anyone was particularly bad um, um, today? It's hard to tell, really, because, I mean, we, when we had that possession, we didn't do much with it. And when we uh, didn't have the ball, I mean, we really didn't have the ball. We didn't get close to City. I just thought, 
you know, take take it away individual performances aside, because I don't think there was anyone that was really outstanding. I don't think there was anyone that was particularly really, really poor. I just think um, the gulf between us and City is uh, it's still so evident. Um, and t- t- today, games like this are a real... Um, a real good way of showcasing you know where we want to get to and still quite how far we are from that and I feel like that's the case every single time we um we we play City and uh, they just seem to beat us every single time it's almost a foregone conclusion before we play them every single time in the league that is in the cup it's a different story but if you look at our recent results against them it's a loss like, for practically the last yeah. three four years it's really really well, we haven't really even scored, have we no, it's, it's yeah. really, really poor. Our form against them is absolutely abysmal. I, I don't think there's a team I want to beat more, obviously, than Spurs um, in the league at the minute. And they are just, um, yeah, they're, they're a golfing class ahead of us at the moment, sadly. Yeah, and to me, it looked like they were in second gear. Like, genuinely, they got their goal. And they in that second half, they were in second gear. And that's the thing that depresses me a bit because I think to myself, this is a team that... Um, are playing within themselves and we still can't lay a glove on them. Um, I will say that, like I said earlier, I thought Xhaka was okay. Um, I thought Aubameyang, can we talk about Aubameyang a second? Because I actually think he had a stinker today. You know, he's, he miscontrolled a few touches. Um, he mishit a few passes. Uh, he was nudged off the ball quite easily. Um, it's not going right for him. And when that doesn't go right, you know, you can't play a team like City. And Paul, I'll, I'll defer to you on this one, but you can't play a team like City. You can't play any of the top five, six teams when you've got players like um, Aubameyang that just aren't showing up, aren't holding the ball up, aren't bringing others into play, can you? Yeah, it's, we, you know, especially playing City, like you, like you just pointed out, you need 11 people all functioning on all cylinders. You know, if you've got one person, um, you know, that's, that's, that's missing in action, it's just too much. It's too easy for them to, you know, um, to block you out of the game. And, um, Aubameyang has been a he's been a conundrum for me this season because um, he hasn't been great. I mean, obviously his goal his goal scoring record is nothing like it's been for the last few seasons. Um, and there have been times that that this kind of um, frustrate his the frustration has crept into his game. I mean, he runs. I mean, he he ran around a lot and he defended today and he he put in you know some some you know important. He, you know, played some important parts and some some move, moves, but most mostly, like you said, he was just just not making the runs, just sloppy, um, not good at the hold-up play. Uh, it just kind of kept the pressure on us at the back, and that's not where we needed it. You know what I mean? We wanted some kind of release up front, and and whenever we did get a chance to go forward, it just seemed totally ineffective. I mean, yeah. Saka was kind of out of the game; he was marked out of the game. Um, I thought that um, Odegaard was uh, disappointing. I think I think I would have liked to have seen Emil Smith Rowe start because I think he's more studious. Um, I think he he's there's more likely some kind of magic to happen. Um, he's got that quality and and he links up with with Saka so well. Um, I think we missed that. I thought Odegaard was safe. I think there was there was bits of Odegaard's game that remind you know last week reminded people of Özil. There were bits in Odegaard's game tonight that reminded me of Özil, but not the good Özil, the one who's the one who's passing it off and, you know, not like actually going for goal himself or, you know, like doing any kind of incisive, you know, um, cutting moves. He kind of just tended to um, shoulder it off onto other yeah. people. In fact, I saw that a lot today. I saw people not taking responsibility and, and shouldering it off and actually putting the next guy under pressure, you know, because yeah. there's where the city were pressing, Shaka, they all did it. You know, they get, 
given a pass and there'd be a player hurtling at them and then they'd pass it back to the person in the direction that the, play, the city player is hurtling towards, which just, you know, moves the pressure from, from you to the other person. So there was a lot of that, I felt, um, yeah. today. And, and there was, I had questions as well about fatigue. And I guess this comes to the rotation question, doesn't it, Cookie? Because personally, I probably would have said we should be looking at, um, at taking Saka off. If we're not going to lay a glove on City, if we're going to be so passive, let's just let's protect some of these players off. We can't afford for someone like Saka to break down, can we? No, not at all. And I think, yeah, going back to that point of rotation, I mean, if you're going to play some of the players that we did say in place of our arguably more important ones for that game on Thursday, it makes you wonder why why didn't we play Martinelli, Lacazette from the start? I mean, surely these are also guys that need minutes, especially when you're looking at Bamiyang, who is... I don't want to say drastically out of form. I know that he is going to get some criticism today. Um, and I, I think it's a really odd one with Aubameyang because he's not hes not really like a traditional striker. I never think of him that way. Um, I don't trust him leading the line on his own. Um, mm. I think when, when Lacazette plays in place of him, he makes himself a lot more known and a lot more present in the game than Aubameyang does, especially these type of games where he's phased out of play. I think he's so much more dangerous on the left cutting in. And even if you look at the goals he got his leads, they all come from the left-hand side pretty much, apart from the penalty. He's always drifting in from the left. Um, yeah. So I think it's, yeah, him leading the line just offers us, I think it really limits us. Um, and I think he does make those good runs. I think maybe with better personnel around him, we'd see a, a, a higher goal return. But um, yeah, I've, I've completely forgotten what your question was, mate. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We're talking about Saka and whether or not he should be... Yeah. <laughs> he was talking about Saka and whether or not he should have been taken off. I mean, my view is that he's starting to look a bit tired and that's manifesting itself in um, he drops off of play. We don't see as much of him. Maybe he should have maybe he should have been taken off after 65 minutes, you know, but I can understand to an extent, you know, he's an X factor player. And recently he's done so well. And, you know, if we get a chance or something like that, then maybe Mikel wants to wants to keep him on the pitch. But it's the same with Tierney as well, Paul. I thought Tierney was really good in that first half, apart from the goal, of which obviously he's culpable, three of the four centre-backs culpable. But I thought Tierney was getting forward well, and he just started to look really tired towards the end. I just thought, why are we still playing him? Just bring on Cedric. You know, I could understand in terms of the substitution, Ceballos comes on in eighty on 85 minutes. Like, I don't really understand that. Um Odegaard comes off at Elmer Smith Rowe. Okay, fine. So maybe that's an injection of um, something a little bit different. But And then Holding comes off for a con concussion to David Luiz. Fine. But the Ceballos substitution, I didn't really understand. And I didn't like you, so I didn't really understand why he doesn't get someone like Martinelli on to run at um, Man City. Because Cancelo was on a yellow card. And if you're getting, if we if the ball breaks to someone like Martinelli, he's got more pace than Aubameyang by the looks of it at the moment, hasn't he? Paul. Yeah, um, you know, and he's and he's hungry, and that's what kind of got us out of our, our goldrums, you know, earlier on in the season is the youth and the, that hunger and that desire and that lack of fear meant that they were making the choices that we needed to break down a City team. You need to be a little bit brave, you know. Fortune literally favours the brave, and um, I felt like I felt like Arteta, you know, and you know, he he made a lot of safe choices, and safe got us through one nil. But safe isn't going to, you know, um, let us, you know, take advantage of a city that, like you said, were in second gear. You know, we had, I think, more possession than they had in the second half. They gave it to us and we did nothing with it. That was frustrating because yeah. they literally allowed us to have the ball, you know, um, most of that second half. 
So I think we needed, um, you know, when Lacazette came on, I don't think he touched the ball for the, you know, the 15 minutes that he was there. I think he didn't touch it for the first 10 of that. You know, it was just, um, yeah, it was, it was frustrating. But, you know, at the same time, I want to, I think we need to highlight the positive parts of that is that, is that I do think Arteta knows. I could see his tact, I could see his tactics working. It worked in the most important game for us, which was knocking City out of the FA Cup, and we won the FA Cup. And for me, that's fine. If that's the only time he ever beat City, you know, like for the next couple of years, it was a very meaningful time. He got us into the final and we won the Cup. As far as I'm concerned, that's awesome. Um, but he, he managed to out, out, um, out with Pep in that, in that game. And there were elements today that I could see that he, he had Pep's number in some ways. I think that literally the way that they played the midfield, we had Rob Holding and Pablo Mari running up, you know, following Gundogan and, and De Bruyne all the way up into their third. I mean, like, you know, their defensive third, like completely out of position, just man-marking these players. And you could see City struggling, I think, to figure mm. out a way of, of, of getting their creative players into the game. And, and it looked like a mess. I mean, our players were everywhere. We had, um, you know, players at the back that, you know, filling in for Holding and Murray because they were, you know, roaming, man-marking. I, but I thought we did really well. I thought in that sense, from going 1-0 down in 75 seconds or whatever it was, I think that there's a lot of positives to be said that yes. they did four, four or five or six because that's what they're doing these days. Yes. And I think they would like to. I don't think Pep would have said, oh, you know, 1-0 is fine. I don't think they were happy being 1-0, to be honest. They were, yeah. There's always an opportunity, isn't there? There's always that opportunity, and Sky was sort of saying it as well. You know, whilst it's 1-0, it only takes a corner and a little flick to balls. Lord knows, as Arsenal fans, we've seen it millions of times, haven't we, where um, a team basically has nothing at the Emirates and then gets a scabby corner or a free kick or something, and suddenly we find ourselves level. But um, are you taking positives then, quickly, from this? Like, one of the positives, let's let's try, as we come towards the end of today's podcast, uh, or pub chat, um, let's try and focus on some of the positives for me, I look at that game and think, no Thomas Party in our midfield. Take out El Nene and put in Thomas Party, and we've got quite a different team. You know, if if we'd if we'd have had a full week instead of uh, messing about going off to Rome um, in the Europa League on Thursday night and then playing City on the Sunday, you know, if we've got if we've got a full week's worth of rest, then. I think it's. I think potentially Arteta's got a little bit more to work with, um, and also I thought tactically, you know, he had, he was forced into moving some things around with some players on fatigue. So I guess that's sort of a backhanded um, positive, if you like. But is there any other polit- positives you take from it, Cook? Yeah, I think it's it's just good that we didn't get hammered. Um, I know that's that's a very small positive, but <laughs> if we'd have lost this game four five nil going into the Thursday night, I mean that wouldn't have boded well. And the fact that we've got some exceedingly tough games to in the league. You might be for next it's week, maybe we've got the Simon's helmet. It's my hard hat for being an Arsenal fan. I think we should all have one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Sorry, Kiki, go on. No, that's all right, mate. I think, um, yeah, um, considering, I think someone put it in the comments as well, you know, City have hammered every other team that, that's in and around where we are. I mean, you only had to look at the way they beat Liverpool. Um, not too long ago. So, yeah, I think um, losing in the way we did is never ideal, but, I mean, we lost gracefully, I suppose. I mean, we certainly weren't embarrassed and we, we held our own at times, but the fact is, like we've already spoken about, we didn't do anything with the possession that we did have, created next to no opportunities. Um, again, I mean, they've got one of the best defences in, in the world at the minute. They're one of the best teams in the world. I think that's that's given. 
um, and they are the team that is going to win this league. So there's nothing yeah. to be too too down about. Um, but I think when you look at the fixtures we've got coming up, I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel about the league um, or how relevant it is. I'm pretty resigned to the fact that, you know, we're not going to do anything in the league this season. But I always have that horrible kind of feeling of hope uh, whilst it's still statistically possible for us to get top four. I don't know why, because I know it's not going to happen. Um, but when you, you look at those games coming up, uh, Spurs, Leicester, um, and we've got to play, you know, the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea still, it's going to be difficult. Um, and I'm not sure what I'm expecting from the league, but I think uh, we really do need a, a good win on Thursday, a convincing win. And we need to put those chances away that we missed the other night. And then Leicester at the weekend, if we could win that, that'd be fantastic. I don't think it changes anything in terms of getting top four, but if we could um, win those two games, I definitely feel like this game would very, very quickly go to the back of our minds. We'd be talking about us being on the right track and making progress again. Yeah, and that's why this is a free hit, because right now there isn't a team on the planet that's playing Man City with the form that they're in and coming away with a win. And because of the whole uh, COVID situation with no fans in the stadiums, it's basically completely wiped out any kind of home or away advantage. The only advantage that you get from being a home team is that you don't have to travel as far. That's it. So for me, you know, I, th like you said, James, they're, they're romping to this title. Um, it almost feels like, you know, one of those things in FIFA where you just uh, get sort of where you, I don't know if this is just me, but you just get loads of players sent off so that you, you take the 3 0 automatic defeat. Um, you know, it just felt like one of those where we just need to just park this, say that nah, we're, we're done with it and, and go from there. But Paul, looking ahead to um, the game on Thursday, how many of these players that played today do you think will play on Thursday and how many should and have done enough to suggest the start? I think Arteta is probably going to rotate and play Louise and Gabriel in the middle, especially with Holding having got, got this, this head injury. Um, and Murray was fine. I, you know, I thought he was, he was pretty solid. But I do think that with the language issue with Louise and, and Gabriel, obviously both speaking Portuguese too against Benfica, it's probably useful having, having those two in there. You know, they can pick up you know, any stuff that's going on um, you know, language-wise in the opposing team. Um, I don't see... You know, I, we do need to win, and, and so I don't see him taking the safe chances, like you know, with El Nani starting, for instance. Um, I think we're more likely to see Smith Rowe start. Um, I think that's why he was rested today. Um, I'd like to see him maybe play with Ceballos um, and and Shaka. I thought that they weren't they weren't bad in the in the first leg, um, and then I'd like to see. I think Lacazette has been unfairly. Um, left out in the last geez, it seems like five or six games because I think that he's I think he's useful in breaking teams down. I think he puts a shift in up front. Um and like you said with Aubameyang kind of going through a bit of a brown patch. Um uh I don't know. Um hopefully William doesn't start. I'm not sure about Pepe. I'd I'd probably like to see Lacazette and Saka and with the play. Um I'd like to see Martinelli. Um doesn't feel like that's ever happening anytime soon, though, does it? Which is yeah, a very, very odd situation. With every passing game, it feels more and more odd that he's not even getting minutes as a sub. I think he came on, he came on against Benfica, didn't he? But he didn't really yeah. have too much to do in the in the sort of last few minutes. But I'm one of the things today, Chris, which we left out is that William didn't play. So. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a positive. And let's end this on a positive then. So, lads, um, we lose. It was a free hit. 
maybe there's some frustration that perhaps we could have at least seen what City were made of. Um, maybe we pay, pay them a bit too much respect. We can't afford to be paying Benfica respect on Thursday. We need to go for it. Arteta needs to revive this campaign and it looks all ever more increasingly likely that the way he does that is through uh, through the Europa League. So fingers crossed for that. We'll be back for a uh, post-match pubcast on that Thursday game. I think it might be Gav that's hosting. So um, make sure you all look after him. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and we will see you next time. So, um, Cookie, lovely to have you on as always, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. Been a pleasure talking to you guys tonight. Always a pleasure. And Paul, as always, thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for joining us, folks. And thanks for hosting, Chris. Yes. And we will see you next time on the Gunners Town post-match podcast. Laters, people. Up the arsenal. <laughs>